course, this week's Dev in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Sulphur Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. How is Easter treating you, my friend? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. I've enjoyed it. I've had four days off work, so it's been cool. I thought I was working good Friday. I had all my stuff packed, ready to go, and then the lady in the office phoned me and went, no, you're not working. You're off. So I was like, oh, great, bonus. So it's been good. It's been nice to have a bit of time off work and watch a bit of rugby and spend a bit of time with the kids and, and what have you. So I've enjoyed it. How's your um, Easter been? Yeah, glorious, glorious eggs everywhere. Chocolate eggs tempting me to eat them, but only the dark, dark chocolate ones. Eighty-five percent chocolate—that's what I'm allowed to eat. You ever had that eighty-five percent chocolate? Oh, um, like plain chocolate. Well, it's eighty-five percent cocoa in it. All oh, right, I don't, I don't know. They're not then. Yeah, <laughs> it's only Cadbury's, I think. In our yeah, house. it's not the best, but. It's the one that's best for me, if that makes sense. So yeah, getting used yeah. to uh, eating them kind of eggs. But it is yeah. what, you know, I'm not a massive chocolate fan as it is. So I'll just get involved because it's Easter and everyone gets involved with Easter, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big sweet lover, to be honest. I don't eat much chocolate, really. I only want the kids safe. For me. I, I like Harry Bowls. I, I like sweet. I never used to do. But I, over the last few years, I like sweets. <laughs> like I oh, like yeah. the sugar, you know. Yeah. The kids always have like Haribos and stuff like that, so I'm quite a partial to them, especially when they're in gym or something. You know, you need a bit of sugar off a few Haribos or a few wine gums or something. But no, they, they've got plenty of chocolate. And I think they got um, like a bar of chocolate off the granddad, a mini eggs one, but it's massive. It's like a paving slab. So, <laughs> so I don't know where they're going to eat that. You flag your driveway with it. So that's been in the cupboard. They're not having that this week. They can you know, they can have it rationed to them because otherwise they'll be off the red. They're off, they're off for another week. So we're not having all that sugar. <laughs> that's the thing with the uh, Easter and chocolate. The kids just don't know do this. So they start like eating bread, chocolate for breakfast, and it's just all down from there, isn't it? Well, I know Ellen told me that her dad used to do a trick with her and her sister years ago, where they used to get all the Easter eggs that they got, break them all up, and put them in bags and share them out. You know, like tax, it take a bit off them as tax. Like, so, <laughs> sometimes you better off doing that, and you were kids. But, but no, it's been good fun, right? It's been nice to have some time off, and, and the weather's been pretty good as well, hasn't it? You know, Friday, yeah. Saturday, and Sunday was decent. So, uh, bank holiday one is a bit of a washout, but it always is, isn't it? Yeah, so lots to go. Obviously, the victory against Lee. We haven't got much news because we're doing this on Monday night. So we haven't got any team news or news in general because there isn't any news yet. So just keep your eye out on the club social and they'll be able to tell you what's happening before the game against the Castleford. And we're also going to preview the ladies' first Super League 2 fixture. Is against Casper Tigers ladies on Sunday, so we'll have a quick look at that as well. So we'll start with the victory against Lee on Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Sulphur Devils were victorious away at Lee in the Derby. They won. 22 points to sweat 20. Paul, real tough fixture, but we got the two points. Yeah, I expected a tough fixture. I think Lee have been really good this season. They've not been the rubbing rags that everybody sort of perhaps thought they were going to be. And when they've been in Super League in previous years, they've struggled, haven't they? And only got an handful of victories, but they've won three games already. And the games that they've lost, barring the Wigan game, they've been really competitive in. So I was expecting a really tough game. They're not the Lee... If, if a few years ago now they've, they've got some really proven players haven't they you know proven English players British players Australian players and they've got a really healthy in, in squad so they're expecting a tough game and I was impressed with Salford to be honest with you I mean considering we've got one or two players out and you know, I'm not giving his excuses, but we've got some players out like some Oliver Partington and, and Gerard. You know, in the pack, we're a bit low. Uh, and, and I thought we did really well. I thought we went there, did a real professional job. And I think the squad, I'm flattered at least slightly. I thought we was we was comfortable in the game, really. And, and yeah, I was very, very pleased. Delighted to get the two points. I mean, I remember saying to my dad before the game and our imaging when we was on the way to the game, I'd just settled for a win today. You know, whether it's a one-point win or whatever, we just needed to get the two points and just keep that cushion with the teams below us. And yeah, that was the good thing. We got the points and uh, yeah, I was happy with that. Yeah. Lee opened the scoring. Try from Josh Charnley. Error from us. Took advantage. Reynolds found Charnley. Looping pass went over in the corner for Lee's first try. Obviously, we were stunned, I think, at that point because we gave a penalty away shortly after to make it 6-0. 
and that was after kind of eight minutes. Yeah, and I thought we looked a bit like a rabbit in the headlights early in the game, and we were discipline was poor. We gave a few penalties away. There was a few eye tackles, and players didn't seem to find their feet. I think King Vuniaiwa gave a couple of penalties away and mm. looked a bit off the pace early doors. So uh, you've got to give Lee a bit of credit. I mean. That edge they've got there with Charnley on, it's a good edge that, and he's a cracking player, Josh Charnley. He's got so much pace and he can finish as well, can't he? He's a super finisher, so really exciting player on that side for them. So, yeah, it was a good start for Lee and, and not for us. Yep. Like you say, Lee were, went off quick. But we find a way back in. Danny Addy went off with a head knock. Chris Atkin came on after around about 12 minutes and he just changed the game totally. Chris Atkin did, yeah, he's super player, Chris Atkin. I mean, so versatile in that game. He took some big hits in that game as well. And he just bounces back up. He never whinges, he never moans to the referees. He's an absolute warrior, Chris Atkin. He's a super, super player, probably one of the most underrated players in the Super League and a player that slot into any other club in the Super League, he, he, anybody's team. Fantastic player. And yeah, he came on and I thought it was a difference in that first half between the two sides. He he helped us pull away from, from Lee, really, those three tries that we got. And yeah, you know, super from Chris Atkin. And unfortunate for Danny Addy going off, he, he took a few bangs there. and He did come back on, didn't he? So he passed his... Went back off again after that. I think perhaps Paul Roll a bit of a precaution there. Yeah. Basically, for 15 minutes, Lee never touched the ball. And Salford, playing rally ball, played really well. Made a lot of lot of moves. Got a lot of repeat sets. Lee had a pat down on Croft. And then off the back of that, Salford scored with Ken Seal. Kind of moved from left to right. Atkin Croft, really involved. Little kick through. Seal grabbed the ball and went over for Salford there first try yeah measured kick from, from Ryan Briley and Ken Seo I, th- I thought he finished that really really well and we did take our chances from there we were dominant there I think we stamped our authority on the game and when we upped the ante Lee couldn't really live with us it was a bit like that in the first game and to be honest with you watching that game back it was almost a carbon copy of the first game we played for the first game of the season. Lee scored first. We took a bit of a lead and dominated the game. And we had a man sim bin the same as we did in the first game. So it was it was a bit surreal, really. But but no, it was a good try that from CEO. And that's what you've got with Ryan Bradley. He's, he's a cracking player to have in the team. You can come up with, with kicks like that. And yeah, super finish from CEO. Yeah. So like you said before, Salford dominant in possession at that point. We got set restart, drop out Lee, and then Salford went over with a lovely try from Sam Stone. Love a little sidestep. Big, long legs of his found his way over the line to put Salford 10-6 up. Yeah, he's a tall lad, Sam Stone, isn't he? But he's not the biggest of blokes. He's he's built more like a boxer, isn't he? There's nothing of him. You, you see rugby players sometimes and they're a bit more meat on him, but I'm not saying he's a, a small bloke, but you know he's, he's funny to look at, really. He doesn't really look like a rugby league player, but I thought he had his best game in Salfordshire on Saturday, Sam Stone. I thought he was excellent. He worked so hard in defence and that was a cracking try that. You know, he really stepped well there for that one. And yeah, very pleased for him because he's settling in now as a, as a good back rower alongside Shane Wright, who's been absolutely outstanding there in the back row. So, so yeah, we've got, you know, two decent second row men there and you've got Callum Watkins as well. So yeah, very, very pleased for Sam Stone and glad he could get over a try. Yeah. And then what do we do? We do what top teams do, Paul. Back-to-back tries. Lovely work by Chris Atkin. He found Shane Wright. He passed it to Brodie Croft. Brodie Croft went under the posts. I thought the money ball was all about Atkin. I thought that was a wonderful ball from him to send right through the gap. And uh, Croft does what Brodie Croft does. Right time, right place. Under the posts. And Salford in control at 16-6. Yeah, it was a cracking try. He ran a good line there, did, did, did Shane Wright. I'm mean, just singing his praises there. I think he did an awful lot of work in that game. A lot of tackling, made a lot of metres. And uh, yeah, he's a bit of a gem, is Shane Wright. He's another one that would go into any any side there in the Super League. He's, you need back rowers like that. And uh, yeah, tremendous player. Like you said, Atkin, the creator. And Brody Craft, the finisher. You know, uh, he's always in the right place at the right time. Backs up superbly. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a picture book try, that really. And as you said, back-to-back tries. And that's, that's how you put teams to bed. That's mm. how you win matches. And uh, yeah, 16-6, we, we was looking good then. Yeah, obviously Lee did muster up some steam after that. They had a disallowed try just after that, where it was judged as a forward. I think it was Lamb to O'Donnell. For me, it was flat at best. I know if you look throughout the season, you'll have good decisions, you'll have bad decisions against your team. But this one's certainly in our favour for me. 
Yeah, I think it evens itself out, Rob. I mean, I did the Josh Charlie try that he scored. The second try, I didn't think that was a try. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Ryan Riley Simbin was a Simbin. I thought that was really soft. So, uh, and I thought the first try Lee scored looked a bit forward. So, I think these things even themselves out, don't they? I'd like to think so anyway. I mean, we've been there twice and I'd, I'd have played Simbin in both the games. So, I don't really think Lee could have any complaints. I, I wasn't so sure I saw that. It's, it's hard to tell sometimes with it when the ball's a, a flat ball like that. Looking back on the replay, on the television, it, it, again, you couldn't really, really tell. I mean, it looked like he'd ran onto it and just overran it slightly, but mm. I, I don't know. Sometimes it's you, like that's why they don't go to the video referee because it's, they're so hard. Isn't it? And you talk about that momentum rule and things like that. And if a player moves and he carries on, it is hard. It's, it's hard to judge a forward pass, it really is. Yeah. So we got to half time at, at 16 6, Paul. And, and for me, that 15-minute period, sort of midway through that first half, was the big moment. So we turned the screw and got the points. And at 16-6, I was thinking, yep, yeah, we're in control. Just keep doing what you're doing and we'll see the, the game out. Yeah. Did Brian Bradley get Simbin at 16-6? Because I know he, he did up with a try-saving tackle, didn't he? He did. Um, Lee had a bit of pressure there. He, he come up with that. And I thought that was disappointing. I mean, I've not seen that back yet, but I didn't see... <sighs> You're always going to get Simbin for something like that because I suppose they class it as a professional foul, don't they? But I didn't think he'd pulled the, the lead guy. I think I thought he tackled him and then he just sort of chucked himself on the floor, really, and, mm. and, and done uh, Ryan there on that one. So uh, it's difficult, isn't it? You can't with a tackle like that. The referees are always going to going to go for that professional foul route, aren't they? And, and, and Simbin, you. But I thought we defended heroically when Ryan was off. We mm. only conceded one try. I think Briscoe scored, didn't he? And we really pulled together there and. To be honest with you, I thought Lee were pretty poor on the edge that Chamberlain was on. They, they blew it a few times, didn't they? they you know, Chamberlain Briscoe on that side, and they had a few chances where they over overcooked it. I think they had a three to one overlap on one of them, and, and, and somehow didn't score. So uh, I think when when Ryan was off, we actually were six four. We scored six points, and they scored four, didn't we? So uh, we weathered that storm really. Yeah, it was basically first two sets were traded, and then Lee made a break. Was it? Is it Mbappe? There's yeah. Ap- Ask him. Ap-ap-ap-ap-ap. Yeah, made a break. And like I say, Ryan Briley was, was Sinbin, kind of holding his leg up in the air. You can't see what he was doing. He was he was trying to get round back on side, but he kept his, his leg in the air. So I think it was a fair, fair shout. But like you said, in that period where we were down to twelve men, we we came off, you know, better. We, we scored more points than they did. We had they had to work hard. Let's be fair. Let's not sugarcoat it. If you're down to twelve men in the bear pit away from home at Lee, they will throw the kitchen sink at, which is what they did. But we stood tall and got our rewards, didn't we? They scored at a try from Briscoe, where I think Chris Atkin try saver in the middle of that, but obviously just postponed the the Lee try until Briscoe went over. Maybe next tackle. Yeah, it's difficult to keep a side out when you, you're a man down, isn't it? But especially a side like Lee, who've got so many threats in the team as well. Like you said, a pappy there, the, the hooker, I think is an excellent player. They've got some real strike players on the edges as well. So it was always going to be difficult. So I think to just keep him down to four points, though, where mm-hmm. Brian Briley was off, was, was probably what won us the game, really, wasn't it? Uh, so that spell in the first half where we got back-to-back tries and then and then that spell defending there really, uh, really kept us in front. Yeah, I think the big moment was Lee had the tails up. They they were around our line again, but they knocked on. Watkins was involved in the, in the tackle. Ball was dislodged. We got the we got a penalty off the back of it, and then we had the the territory and the ball for Tyler Dupree to to burst through the Lee defensive line and score. Lovely assist by Mark Sneed, showing the defence the ball, and then shot past Dupree, who you know has been in great form all season. Power through the gap and uh, crashed over by the posts. Yeah, I think what won us the game though as well was that was that defence. Uh, they had a lot of ball, Lee, in both halves, but particularly in that second half, uh, in the first sort of twenty minutes after half time, they had a lot of possession and couldn't break us down really. You know, Lackland Lamb was running all over the show, and and Apapi, the the Ucker as well. They were they were flinging the ball out wide and going left to right, and and they couldn't break us down there. Mm-hmm. And then we got our chance, didn't we? Max needs set up Tyler Dupree and. He ran a he ran a perfect line there, did Tyler, and you know a lovely step, and there was no one going to stop him. Was uh, going over the line there, and great to see him score as well. He's he's becoming a real hero with the Salford supporters, and long may that continue because he's a real character. And I think we've got ourselves a a gem there in Tyler. I think he's a, he's a top forward, definitely an international 
quality. People will be looking at him now for England. He's got he's got everything. He's got the physique. He's got the pace. He's got the power. Uh, yeah, we've got a gem there. Yep. So twenty two ten Salford. 20 minutes to go. Lee came again. Try from Charlie. Video referee decision. I thought it was a bit touching. I think it was, was it Shane Wright nearly got there, touched the ball down. But you have to give Charlie a bit of praise for him to be able to get out the field, get back in the field and put the ball down in, in a millisecond. Shows how good of a winger he is for me. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, I mean, I've not seen it back, but the only thing that sort of, I think it's a bit controversial sometimes, like he give no try on the field. Is his, his live call, mm. and then it goes upstairs. So I thought if you had to turn it over, there had to be, you know, it had to be clear as day for you to turn it over. But he went upstairs, and they were looking at it for about five or ten minutes from all the angles. So to me, they, they couldn't have been convinced because they had to look at it so many times. So mm. if you've got to look at it that many times, don't you go with the referee's call of of, of try? So really, that on-field decision of try, there's no point in having that. The referee might as well just say, "I'm going to the big screen." There's no point in him saying I give a. They might as well scrap that on-field decision because it doesn't make any difference. Because there's no point in, in saying, "Oh, I think it's a try." Well, if you think it's a try, give it then. Don't go to the video referee. It just sort of scratches over it, really, doesn't it? It makes it a bit a bit grey. So uh, yeah, I couldn't really tell him. I could only see the big screen in the ground, and it, it looked like he bounced it to me, Charlie. But if he did get his hand on it, it was a it was a good finish because, like you said, he went out of the field to play, but. That's what you get with Josh, Josh Charles. He's a quality player, isn't he? And he's got a fantastic try record at, at every club that he's played for. So, uh, yeah, it, it put Lee right back in the game. Yeah, Lee came hunting again. Costello came out the line, diffused a bit of danger. We got the penalty shortly after, put us up the field a bit more. And we had a, a bit of period on their line, which is obviously, you know, as the clock ticked down, uh, Paul, it's it's a strange situation where do you take your two points or, or do you go for penalties in that situation? This games this season we've done both. We've we've ran the ball and we've and we took penalty kicks. So it was interesting to see that we decided to sort of play out. Unfortunately, I think I think we turned it over after a couple of tackles, which is probably probably gave Paul Rowley a bit of a bit of a heart attack because he obviously wanted him to play the play the clock down. I thought it was the right decision. I think when you're eight points up. There's probably no point in kicking for goal because it's going to give you, give you a 10 point lead. So, what's eight and 10? Because they're going to kick the ball back down the other end of the field. Then you you make a mistake there, then they're right on your line again. So, I think you're best off playing the game in their half, definitely. So, so I, I agree with that. I think if it had been a 10 point lead and you're kicking to make it 12 points, then yeah, go for it. Or if, you, if you've got a 12 point lead and you're going to go for 14 points, yeah, but if it's eight or 10, they score two tries, it's yeah, it's not ever really there. So I agree with that one. I mean, I watched a bit of the Huddersfield Leeds game on Monday, and Huddersfield made that mistake. You know that they came for kicking for goal, and uh, it came back to haunt them again. You know, Leeds winning at the end. So I think sometimes when, I mean, especially for them, because I think Leeds had a player in the Simbin. So if if you've got that and a side's down to twelve men, you've got to run it, haven't you? Surely you've got it. You know, you, you're playing against twelve. You, you've got to go for it. So I think sometimes teams can be a bit too cautious. So I was pleased we, we, we ran that there because we had Lee on the ropes, didn't they? They'd done a bit of tackling, and if we'd have scored another try, they'd have been good night in Vienna anyway. But uh, but yeah, I think it was the right decision at the time. Yeah. So what pleased me really towards the back end of that when Lee were ramping the pressure was a couple of sort of clever plays to, to buy us penalties. Burgess ran out of retreating Reynolds and, and caused referee to give Reynolds offside. Uh, and then sort of Briley passed to Ken Seal under pressure on our own line, which gave us a bit of width to get out. Ryan Briley has, has spoke to us, didn't he, in the, in the last press conference about not being as nervous in that situation because that's the, the Paul Rowley way and they know what they're doing. But it still gives you a bit of a bit of heartburn. But like you say, you have to trust the process and, and, and like I said, the trust the process is working. Yeah, yeah, it, it does, yeah. I mean, there's been a few times up where you get these heart and the mouth moments. I think we made a bit of a cock up, didn't we, against Huddersfield? But I don't like the way we, we sort of fling the ball all over the place, sort of 10 yards from our own line. But, you know, a lot of teams are doing that now, aren't they? Taking the chances and what have you. But, uh, but no, I, I like to be safety first, especially near my old dry line. But, you know, Ryan Bradley likes to throw these passes out. And, yeah, nine times out of 10, they've, they've come off, haven't they? Yeah. So, like you say, Lee came out of the death, scored a try at the end, but 
like I said, the time did tick down. They did have sort of a, a wobble in the last sort of 10 seconds where they were going left to right, trying to find something. But we just kept our nerve, killed the ball, and the two points came back to Salford. Yeah, and I think rightly so, Rob. I think we were the better side. And listen to what Adrian Lamb, I just read what he said in the press conference in League Express today. and It was more or less what I said. You know, the, the scoreline flattered Lee. And I think I think it did. I think we were the better side and, and we deserved to win the game on the on the whole. I think we, we controlled the game better than, than Lee did. Lee never really had it had control on the game, did they barring that, that first try? So so yeah, really pleased, really pleased to get the, the, the two points. And you know, it's a tough place to go that they'll win they'll win some games at home this season. They're, they're a good side and uh, it was good for us to get the two points because it's it's given us eight points now and it's kept us up that, that top end of the table. You lose that game and you start looking at teams behind you and they start to catch you up. So we've just kept that gap and obviously if we can beat Cass this week, it makes the gap even more. So, uh, so yeah, it was great to get the two points. Yeah, looking at the stats, top tacklers, Callum Watkins, 34, Andy Ackers, 28, Chris Atkin, 28, Shane Wright, 48. Four was working hard there. Oh, yeah, Shane Wright, I thought was absolutely outstanding. You know, there's a few people you could say for man of the match. I mean, Tyler Dupree played massive minutes again. Chris Atkin was, was, was awesome, I thought, all through the game. Shane Wright as well. Three blokes there who, who stood out. Sam Stone, another one. I mean, Shane Wright, the 40-odd tackles and the amount of work he does going forward as well. He's, he's a real grafter sometimes you don't notice the work that he does that sort of mopping up and, and grafting work that he does but yeah he's a no-nonsense forward chain right and he's been a great signing for us yeah and obviously you need that in good teams it's not all about the flash and the flair you need your players to work and graft to get you in the positions to allow your flair players to make the big uh, plays yeah, and especially at the moment, like we said before, with the with the personnel we're missing in the forwards, you know, we've not had Adam Sidlow in there for a few weeks. I'm not sure what's up with Adam. And you've got Gerard and, and Partington, who are big players for us. They're a big part of our pack, you know, the cornerstone of that pack, and they, they've both been missing. So your other players have had to have had to come in and do do big minutes and, and play big minutes. That's a shame, right? Sam Stone, Tyler Dupree. So, yeah, it's, it's tough on them at the moment. We've not got a massive squad of forwards, so I think they've really stood up and be counted. And we said that last week on the podcast, didn't we, that if we were to beat Lee, our forwards would have to win that battle, and I think they did. Yeah, I thought they were good. I thought, like I say, they deserved it, uh, I thought, with a better team in periods, but we were good enough at certain moments to win the match. And that's important. It doesn't matter whether you're good for, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. As long as you're posting points in that period and defending well and, and playing well and making sort of game management decisions correct, you end up winning the game, which is which is what we did. Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to my dad on the way to the game and he was saying about scoring points. He, he was saying, I don't think we score enough points this season. You know, we scored 60 against Hull. But if you look back at the other games... We haven't scored more than 20, have we? I mean, the Wakefield game, I think we got 14. We got 12 to be against OKR. Huddersfield last week, we, I'm not sure. I mean, we got last week against Huddersfield. We didn't get more than 20, though, did we? So, mm. uh, it's been strange. So, he was saying to me on the way to the ground, he said, if we can score more than 20 points today, we'll win the game. And we did, we scored 22. So, yeah. I think it's right. that I think if you can you can score more than 20 points in a match, you'll win more games than you lose, won't you? So, yeah, we put ourselves in with a good chance there by, by taking the, our chances, didn't we, in scoring tries. So, and it helps when you've got a good goalkeeper like Mark Steed pinging him over because you look at uh, Ben Reynolds for, for Lee, he missed quite a few of their kicks, didn't he? And psychological, that. I mean, you miss the kicks, you lose the game, don't you? So, uh, so yeah, I, th- I think we deserved it. I think we worked really, really hard and, it was a very, very tough game. Very, very tough game. And I think we expected that. Yeah. Top meter makers, Ken CO 94, Brodercroft 114, Andy Ackers 82, Shane Wright 119, Dion Cross 103, and Callum Watkins 74, Matty Costello 74. So, like I always say, if you get four or five over 100, you're doing well. We got three, nearly four, which is great. Obviously, you do need to go forward in these games. Yeah, you do. Yeah, definitely. The forwards have got to work hard and, and Lee got a pretty big pack as well, haven't they? So uh, Shane Wright again there, you, you mentioned, and Ken. So I thought Ken, you know, it was one of his best games of the season. I, I've sort of looked at Ken last few weeks and thought, hey, he looks like he's carrying a bit of an injury. And, you know, sometimes he's always working really hard, but he's not getting the breaks. He's not he's not looking as sharp as he normally does. And was he playing through the pain barrier? But he looked himself again on Saturday. He looked sharp. He looked quick. And very pleased for him to get over for a try as well. So, uh, Jay looks like he's back to his best. 
Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of the matches. Patrick Conley, Cum, Atkin, Stephen Doyle, score flattered Lee Atkin, uh, Gene Griffin, that was tense, Atkin, Christopher Sloan, score flattered Lee Atkin, Tom Hitchin having hookers help, that's Jimmy, Salford the Magic, Atkin, Michael Singleton, squeaky bum time, Atkin, Chris Fisher, I need a win, Atkin, James Hoskin, worth the walk, uh, Dupree, Dave H, because he's vital. Man of the match was Derpree. Tony Amarore, right, Derpree Atkin. Chairman Bob settled for that. Derpree, Matt Young, still need props, right. Ben Wheeler wins a win. Atkin. Colin Wilson, five state thrilling win, Derpree. Andy Lancashire, great away win, Atkin. Anita, I'll take that, Atkin. Parky said, Work butts off, Atkin. You said a big win, Atkin. Natalie Taylor didn't expect to win. Right. Graham Jones, gutsy team display, Atkin. CNR, two big points. Right. Your mate, Roy Ellaby, hard fought victory. And Dupree and Dave Parker, arm wrestle won. And his man of the match was Tyler Dupree. But a lot of people, obviously, talk, it was one of them said, talk about hookers. And how important, obviously, with Andy Ackers back in the team. It's it's important, obviously, you've got choices around the rook and uh, tiring these big forwards out. Yeah, Andy Ackers is an international player in England, international. Mm. Yeah, we have missed him. Uh, he missed his presence on the pitch. He missed his speed around the rook, his ball distribution as well. Uh, and it just allows Chris Atkin that bit more freedom, doesn't it, to play the, the loose forward role that, that he likes. And I think he, he's good at it. And he can fill in at hooker as well, can't he? So when you've got Atkin on the pitch, you've got Ackers on the pitch, you've got your two halfbacks as well, Sneed and Croft, got four pivots on there. So the defending team doesn't know what we're going to do at the time because who's got the ball on the last tackle? You've got mm. four players there that if they end up with the ball on the last tackle, they can kick the ball. They can do something with it. You can distribute. They can pass it. So you've got a lot more options there. I think if you look at Huddersfield, they're a bit like that. They've got two Will Ollery on there, Will Price, uh, Russell, uh, the other fellow as well, Jake Connor. So, you know, a lot of sides are like that now where they've got these pivots and and, and we seem to be able to work that really well. And, you know, these players work hard as well. I think Brody Croft did an awful lot of tackling in that game and worked his socks off. And, you know, as did Atkin as well. But Andy Ack has made a big difference coming back from injury. Yep. So, great result for Paul Rowley's men. Our learning disabilities rugby league team played against Lee at half-time. Great to have them involved on the pitch at half-time, playing such a, in front of a big crowd. Rugby league's for everybody and it's great. We now have a team that has that ability to play. Yeah, it certainly does. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant seeing them on the pitch at half-time. It's a real buzz, that, playing in front of a, a live crowd like that. And a big crowd as well. There was another big crowd there. And it was another good atmosphere. I thought it was a, great, a, a good day, you know. Didn't think much of the fireworks because it was too bright to, to do fireworks really in the daytime. But they had an Elvis impersonator on before the game. I think it was Robbie Williams as well. And just added to the occasion. It was another good occasion, another good rugby league occasion. And yeah, I'm sure the the lads and, and people at our time, was it lads and ladies playing for the Learning yep. Disabilities team? Uh, I'm sure they had a great time and really, really enjoyed it. I mean, when they played at the Magic Weekend in Newcastle in front of a big crowd, like they'd have loved it. But no, it was the same again. You know, a real passionate crowd at, at Lee on, on Saturday. And great to see. Great to see people getting involved. Yeah, so the squad was Jack Heffernan, Dave Heffernan, William Walton, Lily Forbes, Jake Forbes, Lee Forbes, Ben Blood, Keith Blood and Jack Jones. So uh, congratulations all on a, on a great performance and uh, looking forward to, to more to come from you lads and uh, lasses. So that's the big match report. We've got no news, so we'll see what's happening in the world of rugby league with Whiteside's world of rugby league. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report and World of Rugby League. We'll mix it up a bit this week. We'll start off with uh, domestic stuff and what happened over Easter. We'll start with the Super League, actually. It all kicked off on Thursday night. Round 8, Casford Tigers beat Wakefield Trinity by 16 points to 4. Poor old Wakefield. They've been nilled four times and uh, and kept to four points in that game. So a big win for Cass. Catalan Dragons played Warrington on Saturday. That game finished 14 points to 20 to Warrington Wolves. Uh, Gil Dudson got sent off in that game as well. If you've not watched that game and you get a chance to it was a cracker uh, Hull FC nil Hulkingston Rovers 40 that was a good Friday game big win for, for uh, Rovers in the derby Leeds Rhinos played Huddersfield on Monday this was a strange game Huddersfield 
led 13 points to four at half time. I thought they were a bit conservative again in that first half, uh, taking the penalty kicks and things like that. Leeds Rhinos will storm back in the second half and won it 18 points to 17. Cracking match. Lee Leppard's 20, Salford 22 is a Saturday game, and the Good Friday derby between Wigan and Saints finished 14 points to six to Wigan Warriors. Round eight of the Championship, Barrow 14, Whitehaven 16. A crowd of over 3,000 there at Barrow for that one. A cracking game again. Batley Bulldogs 18, Featherston Rovers 26, Newcastle 20, Sheffield Eagles 44, Swinton 16, Witness Vikings 48, Toulouse Olympic 52, London Broncos 0, and York Knights 10, Keithley Cougars 22. In round five of Betfred League One, Cornwall 16, Doncaster 48, Dewsbury 12, Hunslet 6, Oldham 56, Rochdale Hornets 16, and Workington Town 20, North Wales Crusades 18. So the fixtures for this week, it gets underway on, well, there was a match on Monday, but I've not got the result for that one yet. That was Halifax against Bradford. I'm recording this on Monday, so that's played in the evening. Uh, so we'll give you that one next week. Thursday night, Salford play Casford at 8 o'clock on Sky Television. On Friday, there are four fixtures in the Super League. Huddersfield Giants against Catalans at 7.45 kickoff. Hull KI against Saints is 8 o'clock, as is Leeds Rhinos against Hull FC. The televised match on Friday is a cracker. Warrington Wolves against Wigan Warriors. On Saturday, there's a game in the Championship between Keekley Cougars and Toulouse at 3 o'clock. On Sunday, in the Betfred Super League, Wakefield Trinity face Lee St. Jones at 3 o'clock. They're all 3 o'clock kickoffs in the Championship on Sunday. It's Bradford Bulls against Batley Bulldogs. Halifax Panthers against York Knights. London Broncos are at home to Featherstone Rovers. Whitehaven play Newcastle Thunder. And Witness Vikings are at home to Barrow Raiders. They're all 3 o'clock in Betfred League 1 as well on Sunday. Dewsbury against Cornwall. Doncaster against Oldham. Hunslet against Midlands Hurricanes. And Rochdale Hornets at home to Workington Town. There's one fixture on Monday the 17th of April that's on the Via Play. Um, I think it's a telly channel that. But anyway, uh, you'll know better than me. Sheffield Eagles face Swinton Lions on that. And that's at half past seven. So the tables, Warrington, the top of the shop in Super League. They've played 8 1 8. They're now four points clear of Wigan Warriors, who are in second place with six wins from eight, as are Catalan Dragons. Hull KR are fourth with five wins from eight. Then it's Saints and Salford in fifth and sixth place. Wakefield shouldn't it stay bottom with eight defeats on the spin. In the championship, Featherson are top, eight from eight. Toulouse Olympic second, then Sheffield Eagles, Widnes, Halifax, and Bradford make up the playoff places. In Betfred League One, Dewsbury Rams are five from five. Doncaster are four from four. Oldham are three from three. So uh, yeah, it's, it's looking good in there. Working Town, Hunslet, and Midlands make up the playoffs. London Scholars and North Wales Crusaders are yet to register a victory. Well, let's take a trip now, about 12,000 miles across the ocean to the NRL Premiership. It was round six in Australia at the weekend. Again, some absolutely belting matches. Melbourne Storm, 28. Sydney Roosters, 8. Canterbury Bulldogs, well, their good start uh, came to an end. They were beaten at home to South Sydney Rabbitohs by 50 points to 16. Uh, Penrith Panthers, they've got back up to winning ways. They beat Manly Seagulls by 44 points to 12. The Dolphins had another good win. They won away from home at the North Queens and Cowboys by 32 points to 22. Brisbane Broncos, 14. Canberra Raiders, 20. Bit of a shock result there, I think. Gold Coast Titans, 20. St. George Illawarra Dragons, 18. And Newcastle Knights, 34. New Zealand Warriors, 24. The fixtures for this week, then, in the uh, in the NRL. There was a match on Monday, as I said, I'm recording this Monday, so I don't know the score of it. West Tigers against Parramatta. Uh, Thursday, the 13th of April at 10.50 the Dolphins play South Sydney Rabbitohs on Friday it's Cronulla Sharks against Sydney Roosters at 9 o'clock the televised game is Manly Seagulls against Melbourne at 11 o'clock on Saturday there's three fixtures New Zealand against North Queensland Cowboys at 6am and there's a Sky Tele game at 8.30 uh, Newcastle Knights against Penrith Panthers followed by another Sky game at 10.35 which is Gold Coast Titans against Brisbane Broncos on Sunday Canberra Raiders at home to St George and Parramatta Reels are at home to Canterbury Bulldogs so Brisbane Broncos stay top with five wins from six and it's Penrith, who've won three from five, Melbourne Storm, Dolphins, New Zealand Warriors, Gold Coast Titans, Sydney Roosters and Newcastle Knights. Poor old West Tigers, uh, five defeats from five games, still waiting to get their first points of the season. We'll turn our attention to the French Rugby League now. The results from the weekend just gone. It was the Coupe de France Lord Derby semi-finals. Avignon 14, Carcassonne on 46. Albi 34, Limoux 28. Both those matches were played at the Le Stadium at Albi. And Carcassonne will now meet Albi in the final on the Saturday, the 22nd of April. And that's going to be at the Stade Gilbert Brutus in Perpignan. The fixtures for this week um, in the league. Saturday, the 15th of April, it's Albi against Lesignon. Avignon against St. Gaudens. Limoux play Toulouse and Villeneuve play Carcassonne. And there's one game on the Sunday between Pierre and St. Estiev. 
So moving on to the North West Men's League, the fixtures for this weekend. All these games are going to be played on Saturday the 15th of April. In Division 1, Caddyshead Rhinos are at home to Wigan Springview. Folly Lane face Salford City Roosters. West Hart and Lions are at home to Wolverstone. In Division 2, Burton Woodbridge are at home to Rochdale Mayfield A. Division 3, Blackpool Scorpions play Rochdale Hornets. Uh, Higginshaw at home to Garswood Stags. Crossfields A are at home to Waterhead Warriors A. And in the Alliance Division, it's Lee East A against Oldham St Anne's A. Well, there's lots going on in the Northwest Youth League this weekend coming up. We start on all the games of Sunday, I think. I'll, get, I'll tell you if they're not. Sunday, uh, it's the under-18s Premier Division. Holt and Farnworth Hornets are at home to Waterhead Warriors. In Division 1 of the under-18s, it's Rochdale Mayfield against Lee East. In Division... Two, there's no fiction involving our local sides. Under 16's Premier Division, Oral St James at home to Rochdale Mayfield. Division 1, Salford City Roosters at home to Ryland Sharks. Wathbrow Hornets take on Folly Lane. Division 2 of the under 16's, it's Hindley against Saddleworth Rangers. West Hart and Lions against Wigan St Cuthberts. Division 3 of the under 16's, Langworthy Reds at home to Limehurst Lions. Moving on to the under 15's, Division 2, Folly Lane at home to Bank Key Bulls. Lee East face Rochdale Mayfield. Oldham St Anne's at home to Charlie Panthers. Division 3, Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Culture Eagles, Waterhead Warriors entertain Newton Storm. The under-14s, Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's Golds are at home to Charlie Panthers. Oral St. James versus Oldham St. Anne's Blacks. In, uh, oh, sorry, also Waterhead Warriors face Folly Lane in Division 2 of the under-14s. Division 3 of the under-14s, it's Hindley against Salford City Roosters. Lee East Thunder against Rochdale Mayfield. Division 4, Accrington Wildcats face Langworthy Reds. The under-13s, Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield at home to Lee Minor Rangers. In Division 2, Newton Storm face Salford City Roosters, Oldham St. Anne's at home to West Bank Bears. And in Division 3, Wardshead Warriors are at home to Hindley and West Hart and Lions entertain Latchford Giants Maroons. Well, finally this week in the Women's Rugby League, the Super League got underway at Sunday at Leeds. It was Leeds Rhinos 12, York Valaraki 34. The fixtures for this week in Group 1, it's uh, Huddersfield Giants against Leeds Rhinos, the reverse fixture. That's at uh, quarter past five on Friday night. Uh, Sunday, the 16th of April, Group 1. Uh, Warrington Wolves against Wigan is at 2 o'clock. York Valaraki against St. Helens, that's at uh, 1 o'clock. And that's on the Sportsman, if you get a chance to watch that. Group 2 on uh, Sunday is Bradford Bulls against Lee Leopards at quarter past five. Casford Tigers face Salford Red Devils at 2 o'clock. And Featherstone Rovers are at home to Barrow Raiders at 12 o'clock. Well, I'm saying finally, I almost missed out the uh, the National Conference League. Sorry about that. We'll talk about the fixtures now for this week coming up. Saturday the 15th of April, it all gets back underway again. Rochdale Mayfield out home to Kells. Uh, moving on to Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers at home to Dewsbury Celtic. Waterhead Warriors face Shawcross Sharks. And in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's out home to Ellenborough Rangers. That's all I've got for you this week. I shall speak to you, well, I'll see you on Thursday night for Salford against Casford. Take care, have a good week and enjoy your rugby league. So that was White Sides World Rugby League and now we'll look forward to this weekend's games against Casford Tigers. It's time for the Double So we'll start with the ladies Paul, they play on Sunday away at Casford Tigers at the Menderholes Jungle. Their first Super League two league game of the season. Going to be exciting. Yeah, certainly, certainly is. And uh, yeah, a massive step up now to the, the Super League. I, I caught a bit of the uh, the York game against Leeds on uh, on, on Sunday. And it, it is it's a good standard of rugby league that. So uh, they have the work cut out this season. I'm sure they've worked really hard for it though. And they'll be ready. I think they'll be ready to get underway on, on Sunday playing at, uh, at Castleford. Tough place to go. We know that. But, uh, but yeah, they're well excited for it now. It's been a long time coming the start of the season. Yeah, it's at the Mendo Holes Jungle. We don't have details regarding how much it is to get in the ground i'm sure castleford or the club will announce that near the time but it is exciting obviously after a league season in the championship first season in super league and after the two friendlies so far the season they'll be itching to, to to get in and start performing obviously we're looking forward to it we've got some good players aren't we that you know will be will shine at this level so it's going to be super exciting to see how they go on yeah, certainly is. I've seen a lot of the, the launch photographs and, and things like that. Louise Felling has been really busy in the media and just speaking to people and, you know, getting us publicised and that. And it's been great. There's been a real buzz 
around the ladies' game getting underway. So, so yeah, it's been a long time coming the start of it. All the hard work's been done now, all the preparation. And this is when you've got to go and put it into practice now. So it is a big step up moving up uh, leagues. But you don't want to be static as a, as a rugby player here or as a sports person for that matter. You want to test yourself. You want to move up. Get the cogs moving, don't you? And I'm sure that's what's going to happen this weekend. Massive test going to Castleford. I'm, I, I'm not a big expert on Castleford ladies' team, so I don't know how they did last season. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're probably better to tell me. But it's going to be a step up, isn't it, Rob? Yeah. Obviously, I've got a little bit of information. They're coached by Matty Faulkner, who was the performance anal- analysis for the England Rugby League women side. They finished second bottom of Group 2 last season with two wins, but they did have to get dropped down from Group 1 midway through. Uh, they do have a ladies' pathway, which which runs really well by all accounts. I think they've been granted a, a sort of an academy uh, thing that you know for I think it was 2027 so they have a pipeline there of, of players which we are kind of striving towards so they, they're the kind of club that we can look at and think you know what in five years time that's where we want to be yeah yeah definitely that that is the way to go isn't it you know especially with it with the pathway and things like that so so yeah but look at it now we're, we're testing ourselves against these these teams already so we might be a few years behind but we've got to put that put that to bed and, and, and go out there and do our best this season these sides are showing us the way to go aren't they and doing things right doing the right processes and I'm sure we'll give Casford a, a, a real good game at the weekend and yeah, fancy our chances to get a result yeah They're, they've got some good players Caitlin Varley Liv Riding Laura Stamworth and Alana Walker all play for Great Britain teachers. But if you're Castleford and you're looking at us, we've got Phoebe Partington, Tasker Corran, Helena Walker and Brogan Evans all played representative rugby in the off-season. So they'll be looking at us thinking the same. We've got some good players that we need to look after. Yeah, you've got a top captain in Louise Fellingham as well, haven't you? You know, someone who knows the game inside out. Uh, so, yeah, we, we've got some, some really good players in that side, haven't we? And plenty of pace as well. And uh, what's more... We've been used to winning games, Rob. You know, last mm. season we won a lot of games. Winning becomes a habit, doesn't it? And that, you know, you build that sort of winning mentality, don't you? And that and that grows and that sticks within the players' minds. So I think we've got that going for us as well. We've got that confidence, haven't we? So we can take that into the season. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Do you want to give us a score prediction? Um, yeah, yeah, we'll do. I'm going to go 24-12 to Solvent. 12-24, Salford. Okay, I'm going to go Salford. I'm going to go Cass. Uh, 10 Salford 30 Kokoran uh, Atrick and this, does this count towards the Nando's Rob? if it comes in <laughs> yeah okay. well it's another chance isn't it Good it's a, exactly <laughs> Yeah, so good luck to the ladies on Sunday, hopefully. If you can get that over to Castleford, I'm sure the club and, and Cass will announce prices to get in, etc, etc. So, men, they play Castleford on Thursday night. It's on Sky. Paul at the Salford City Stadium. Uh, they recently beat their derby rivals Wakefield last week. We beat Lee, so both going into this match confident after a good win. Yeah, they've had a, a bit of a struggling start to the season, haven't they? Losing the coach, Lee Bradford, and have one or two off the field things and all, didn't they? I suppose we better not talk about. But uh, other than that, they've they've improved for me the last few weeks. They beat Leeds, didn't they, at Weldon Road? They did pretty well against Catalan. I think they went down to a late try there. It was only a couple of points in that game, twenty-two eighteen over there, and then obviously they beat Wakefield at Easter. So I won't say they've turned the corner, but they've started to get a few players back and on their levels. Played for him again on Thursday against Wakefield, and the squad when you looked at it when they announced the team. It looked a bit more settled, and um, you know, so Paul McShane was back, and I think he's a, a big, a big talisman for them, isn't he? A lot of the, their players come off Paul McShane, so, so yeah, they, they're not a team that you can say, oh yeah, we blow them away. They're no good. I think they've got strike players and they've got danger players as well. I don't think you can take anybody lightly in Super League. I think if you do, you, you'll get found out. I mean, look at the game against Wakefield. Wakefield can't buy a win, but you know, they we it took us to extra time. So I think we've got to be really wary of this one and. You know, we need a performance at home, Rob. We played three games at home and not really, really impressed, have we? So I think we hold the supporters one at home. And mm. particularly now we've, we've got a bit of momentum. We've had a win there against against Lee, so we've got four wins. Let, let's hit, hit the ground running. We've got two home games coming up against Cass and Catalan. It'd be great to get two victories now and, and, and really start hitting our straps. Yeah, Andy Last has come in after a poor start to the season. Seems to have turned it round. From what I'm reading, though, Cass are looking elsewhere, which is a bit strange because he's found a bit of farm. 
Yeah, I think Andy Lasher's a really good coach. I mean, I remember him as a player playing for Hull. I think he played around about the same time Lee Radford did at, at Hull and a uh, similar sort of age, I think. But he retired fairly young. I think he had a few injuries. He's, he's done coaching for a long, long time now. So he's he's been involved with the international setup as well. He seems a real student of the game and he's very knowledgeable as well. So I, I think he'd do a good job if they, if they gave him the job. But yeah, they might be looking elsewhere. But I think at the moment, he'll get the best out of that, that side. They seem to have improved under him. Seem a lot more disciplined as well. So I think they'll be tight. They're not, they're not going to come and give things away either. They'll keep it tight and, and try and take the chances and... You know they'll be trying to build it, build their defence and, and keep us out, won't they? So we're gonna have to work hard to to break them down. I think it'll be difficult to break them down. Wakefield could break them down. Um, the only thing they've got four points, didn't they? But you know, I like to think we're a bit better than that. We can we can move the ball. So it's gonna be a test for us, though. It's gonna be a real test. So uh, they've got one or two ex solver players in the lineup as well. They're always a tough side to play against, aren't they? So uh, yeah, I'm sure Andy Lass will have them fired up on Thursday night. Yeah, McShane's the man for me. Always terrorises us. Someone needs to make sure that he doesn't find a gear on Thursday. And Liam, is it Miller, the, the scrum half? Always busy. But we've got good players as well. We've got strike. Castle be looking at us thinking, you know, they've they've got danger men all over here. If so for click, like they did against uh, Hull, uh, we could be in a bit of bother. But like you said, we have kind of struggled at home. I don't know whether that's because teams are set up to stop us trying to play or we're not getting quick ball or we're not getting sick against we're not getting territory but then kind of things do change the more you the more you get switched on to it and you what I say buy penalties but get to where we need to go to hurt teams yeah it seems strange we, we seem a lot more galvanised when we play away from home mm. um, I don't know what it is we, we just seem to, to play better you know, even even the loss at Warrington, I thought it was great in that first half. There, we, we were a lot more adventurous with the ball. We seem a lot tighter. The crowd seems to be behind us. I don't know whether it's a bit more partisan when we all pack in together away from home. I'm not too sure. I'm not sure the answer is. Like a few years ago, we played in that black kit, didn't we? We always used to play better in the black kit. So uh, sometimes you have these little myths like that, don't you? But no, I think there's a, there's a good performance coming from us. But I think there could be a good performance from Cass. I mean, you look at their side, they've got players on there. They've got strike players, like you said, Paul McShane. Miller's a good player as well. They've got some decent forwards in, in the team. So they're capable of coming to Salford and, and, and getting a result. So I think anybody can beat anybody in the Super League at the moment. You've got to be switched on and you've got to want it. You've got to go out there and want to get the victory and be organised. And that's one thing that we are. You know, we might need a Brody Croft, but we're an organised side now. If we can get those two playing, you know, get one or two forwards back. We've not seen the squad yet this week, but I think we've got enough there to trouble Castlewood. If you're Andy Last Castlewood's coach, you'd be you'd be worried about us. You'd be worried about solving the way we're playing, the way we can throw the ball around. So yeah, we've just got to go out there and, and play our natural game. I think if we do, I think we'll get the two points. Any news on weather? Is that too soon for you? Um, it's not so clever this week, is it? It looks like it's going to rain and that. So oh. yeah, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, be that good I mean the week after looks pretty good according to my phone it's got 21 for the week after but I think this week's a bit miserable isn't it so let's have a look now for Thursday Thursday don't forget United are at home on the same day as uh, what happens in these home fixtures so be careful with traffic there'll be a few people going up to Old Trafford uh, hopefully more trying to get out the AJ Bell but We'll see. Well, it's going to be dry, I think, 12 degrees and 6 degrees. So, so yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's cold weather, Robin. It's not quite the shirt sleeve weather that we had on uh, on Saturday. At least it was lovely on uh, Saturday. It was a real sort of spring day, wasn't it? Quite, quite warm as well, but I think you'll need your coat on Thursday night. But, yeah, it's going to be dry. It's a good pitch at Salford. It's a good fast track. So, uh, yeah, that's all we get. We come out there from the word go and make our intentions known from the word go. You know, fast start, put pressure on Castleford and really get into them and up the ante and let them, you know, play the game at our pace, really. And uh, don't let them slow it down. Don't let them bring it down to their, their level. Let's play it. Let, let's, you know, dictate the pace of the game. And I think if we do that, we, we'll be too good. Prediction time. Well, I thought about one yet, to be honest. Fair uh, enough. I'm going to go 24-12. I think the same as I said for the uh, the ladies one because uh, I can't really think of a score. No, I think it's quite a round score, that 24-12. Yeah, a 24-12 to Salford and a double try for Ryan Brightley. Right. I think Salford are going to find the feet on Thursday. Like you said, had a few struggles at home. So I'm going to go big score for Salford. I'm going to go Salford 50, Cass 6. And hat trick can seal. Seal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd settle for that. I'd settle for that. I think that'd be great, especially with us playing Catalan the week after at home. I think you know two home games now. If we can get two wins now, that's really going to build us, isn't it? That you know going into the summer months. Yeah, this this could be a pivotal time of the season for you. Get a win against Cass and then. Another win against Catalans, you've got 12 points then, so we'll be looking good, won't we? So yeah, really exciting, we're looking forward to Thursday night, we've got the the building for the future game as well, isn't it? So there's going to be a lot of kids there and, you know, it's still summer holidays, I think, for, for a lot of people, so there should be a terrific atmosphere, so it should be good. Yeah, before we go, I just want to say a big thanks to all the people who have donated via the Kofi, obviously without you, uh, none of this can happen, it's just be three lads and a laptop uh, so massive thanks for helping us fund the different programs that we use and the equipment that we we buy to help make your podcast experience uh, better uh, paul yeah certainly certainly we need to have a brew as well soon don't we we, we do a bit me and Robbie and Parky, <laughs> so hopefully we can organize that soon but yeah thanks for all the listeners and thanks for all the nice comments and, and likes and, and interacting with us on the social media as well because it, it means a lot to us doesn't it all the support we get off you yeah so if you do want to buy us a coffee follow the link on our socials and buy me parky and paul a coffee and help us uh, to make great podcasts uh, for you to enjoy so big thanks for tuning this week's devil in the detail podcast paul a short one but a good one yeah i've enjoyed it yeah miss parky hopefully we'll get him on again next week and, and have a good chat and but yeah i've enjoyed it mate good to speak to you and it's a short turnaround this week for us isn't it so we've had to worry up and uh short turnaround for the players but short turnaround for us as well so uh so yeah, I shall see you on Thursday, mate. Yeah, so big thanks to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. Abro Parkson, you can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify and YouTube. See you soon.